good afternoon, good evening, whatever the time may be, and welcome back to Three Sweet Me Bro! This is Mike, Tom, and Jim. We're here for another episode of Three Sweet Me Bro. We're going to talk about the news, we're going to talk about a spotlighted wrestler this week, uh, and kind of see what's going on in the world of professional wrestling. Kind of touch on some stuff that's happening. It just seems like news just keeps happening and happening, and where it's been like, what? To like... Oh, God, no. Like, too, like, oh, shit. So, not too much uh, going on this week. Um, well, I mean, not that there wasn't a lot going on. Uh, I, I think this is the first time in the in, in, the, in the podcast we've kind of hit a, a, not a dry week, but a very meh kind of week. Um, nothing really stood out. Um, you know, uh, we all watched, you know, various programming uh, as best we could, um, you know, but uh, nothing nothing really jumped out to me. Um, I, like I said, I didn't get to see much. Um, I, I did see the, uh, JD McDonough, uh, Ilya Dragovich, if I'm saying that correctly and Braun, uh, I almost said Braun Strowman, Braun Breaker match. <laughs> I, I didn't think Braun was going to win, but yeah, I thought they were really going to put it on. Ilja, it seemed like he's getting ready to, you know, um, get a rocket put to him, uh, once he gets yeah. to the main stage, but like, I could see it still a little like, eh, you know, um, and it, I think the problem that they're going to run into is, my God, it's like it sounds like Scott Steiner and he looks like Rick Steiner. Like how like I feel bad for the guy. And like, how do you get away from that? It's, and the, he, it's the perfect Steiner blend. It, it, did you see the other the other week when he when he cut the math promo before this? And I was like, oh, my God, he did it. And like. It wasn't the full thing, obviously, but like yeah. you could tell like the hardcore nerds and that that young, young NXT audience were like, uh, you know, like <laughs> uh, he's doing the math, Steiner math. And it's great. And I love that he does that. But, you know, I don't know, Jim, any anything stick out to you this week? Anything you know worth chatting about? I, I would say one of my favorite things that happened this week was on the uh, the NXT leading into uh, Halloween Havoc when Kevin Owens referred to JD McDonough as JD Don't Google Me. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost lost it. I, I I was I don't think I've laughed that hard in a very fucking long time. Uh, but no, I, I, there were some there were some good moments this week uh, in in pro wrestling. I I really fascinated by where they're going to go with Bray Wyatt. Uh, the more and more that comes with that, yeah. I'm like, okay, this is going in a totally different direction every time they bring it up. Uh, I'm I'm fascinated. I really wish it wasn't just a once a week thing. It's part of the reason. It's one of the problems with streaming media. The age of streaming media is you don't want to wait another week. You want to just pit, bur, you know, uh, binge everything at once. Uh, so I, I I can't wait for the next week of SmackDown to see what's going to yeah. go on with Bray Wyatt. But did you, uh, uh, you know, did you see? Sorry, Jim. Did you see that um, the QR code and everything this time? It, it, it like went to a psyche veil and yeah. stuff. And Tom is like, Tom is like, I think I got this, dude. It's like it's another one of his personalities or something. And like, I'm intrigued because I we were talking about it last night, and I'm. It doesn't look like Captain Howdy or whatever he's calling him or Uncle Howdy or something oh, like that. Is is Captain Howdy? Uh, I, thought it was, I swear, I thought it was Captain Howdy. I'm um, no, but um, Captain Howdy. It, it's interesting, but you can definitely tell something and it's good. And it's like, I feel like this is going to be really good. And he, he, you can tell he definitely has some, some creative pull behind this. Cause there's not, of course, I think there's, there is the element of cheese in wrestling, but like there's very specific WWE type cheese, wrestling cheese. And I'm not feeling it in this. And I'm like, Ooh, man, I'm really interested to see where this goes. And like, if they're really going to kind of let him get kind of scary because that mask that he's wearing i'm like it, it's kind of creepy man like it just looks like a guy who's gonna grab some kid and put him in a dungeon kind of mask so anyway i just wanted to i didn't know if you had caught some of the qr stuff because some of it was kind of lame and it was like giving the digits but now it sounds like they're they're starting to kind of really use that a lot and it's very creative and very cool well i obviously don't want to make light of like mental illness obviously but he does it so convincingly well that he's a guy just being pulled apart by these like personalities in his, in his brain. And he did that. He kind of, uh, we mentioned it a few podcasts ago. He did, he did it really well when he was feuding with Seth Rollins, where he was like, he kind of blanked out and he was like, Seth, why are you doing this to me? And I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm like a hundred percent in, I think he's such a creative, like pun intended monster that like, Sky's the limit for the dude. Like I, I'm hooked. I'm into it. I scan the codes. I do all of it. I'm like, I, I just, I just love that it's getting this detailed. And and I'm like, 
even if even if it is like a WWE product, it is it is great. They're just nailing it every time. Yeah, it's it's like I said, I'm I'm fascinated by where the because every time you think you know where it's gonna go, yeah, something yeah. else comes up. You're like, oh shit, okay, now how does this incorporate? And and so yeah, I'm 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 really happy, like you said, Tom. I they're clearly giving the guy some some leash uh, and letting him do his work. And oh, yeah. I, I think only good can come out of that. Um, yeah, it's really it, it's really cool, and I'm I'm intrigued to see what they're what they're going to do with it. And like, you know, my telltale sign for you know obviously for anything that's over in in wrestling is merchandise, and like it's been pretty quiet so far. And like, it'll be interesting to see like what's going to take off, and like whether or not this Wyatt Six thing is you know, and and it's interesting there. And and just you know, again, not to caveat away caveat away from the news too much, but like, have you been hearing some of the rumors of like who they want for the Wyatt Six, like? Yes, I heard Grayson Waller supposedly, and I'm like, um, I don't, I don't get no, it because he's you. supposed to be like a cocky Michael Jordan or something. Like, yeah. no, no, God, I you. hope not. It just it unless he's got a really weird dark side that nobody knows about. Yeah, there's there's some of the rumors I've I've heard about the Wyatt Six. I, to me, I think the most compelling, uh, believable, plausible scenario is that Wyatt Six is just the six personalities of Bray Wyatt, right? So it's not actually going to be a stable. It's just Bray comes out, and, you know, which of the six is Bray going to be? But yeah, the whole idea of it being a stable, some of the, you know, you hear Liv Morgan, you hear, uh, you know, that uh, Bo Dallas is going to be brought in and, and Grayson Waller and I, God, I hope not. Like, I really yeah. hope yeah. not. I, I mean, as, as much as I, I think, I would like to see because I like Bo Dallas's work in NXT when he was like back in the day. I thought he was great. I love the Bo Leave character that, you know, douche heel where he's like, they're not booing me. It's Bo Leaving. And it's just like, that's perfect. That, that, that's the role. It's great. And I, 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 I'm hoping that we get some of these people who were let go during the pandemic and not really. We were all kind of surprised that they were let go in the first place or brought back. But I'm I'm 100% on your side, guys. Like, I hope that it's just they stick to – they just let Bray be Bray. The personalities are Bray. I don't want a stable. I want this dude just popping up as different people. You know, I think it's mm-hmm. – and it's too – so it's a nice homage to Mick Foley, you know, and I think it's perfect. I, I, I just is like, just don't bring in a stable because honestly, I'm a little – I love stables. But at this point, I think we can take a break from stables because they're everywhere now. Well, I mean, you, you said starting this whole thing off, Mike, that it, it wasn't necessarily a dry week. It just wasn't the most exciting of weeks. And the one match I know personally that I was really looking forward to this week was the Mox hangman match. And obviously didn't work out. I think the way anybody uh, wanted it to work out. Uh, Tom, I know you had opinions. What, what tell us, tell us what's give us the backstory on the, the hangman mocks match. Sure. Um, first things first, I think it needs to be said as much as I, I, I don't like page pages character. I, I, I'm glad he's all right. Uh, that spot. Um, I know he's done it like a bunch of times. I'm, I'm just glad the dude is okay. Cause at the end of the day, you know, to rip off Simon Miller here, they're all humans. And uh, Twitter was pretty ruthless uh, with some of the comments they were saying. But, uh, you know, Mox and Page, they were going to fight for the belt. And uh, it was it was some good back and forth. It was some great wrestling. And Mox comes in with his trademark lariat. Uh, looks like he decapitates the dude, which is also great. Great selling on, on both guys' part. Hangman does that 360 flip and just face plants into the into the mat, and, and you could be watching wrestling for 30 minutes or your whole life. You you saw that and you're like, that dude is hurt. Like that. Like I went. I like jumped. I was like, oh my god. Um, I think the 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 one thing I wanted to touch on is uh, to, to get your guys' opinions for sure. And, and if I'm missing anything, you guys can totally fill me in because uh, I, I was a little spotty with watching uh, this week. But, um, you know, uh, are wrestlers taking unnecessary bumps, um, especially this day and age with all the concussion protocol? Um, again, I know it's something that Paige has done numerous amounts of times um i wanted to get your thoughts on kind of like the 
where we're at with concussions lately, because uh, it, it's also very concerning uh, for Adam Cole. Uh, I've been reading a lot of reports saying that like he's either good to go tomorrow or he'll never wrestle again, which is like very scary because I love Adam Cole. He's one of the best wrestlers um, I have ever had the privilege of watching for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, do you guys think that was an unnecessary spot? Was it a freak accident? What's what's your thoughts on are we as fans – are we expecting a little too much out of wrestlers or especially AEW? Cause we see a lot of comparisons of AEW being called the new ECW and shitheads are calling it the new WCW, which I, I very much disagree with. Um, so what, what's your guys' take? What, what do you guys think? Are we, are we expecting too much or are we, or this, was this just a, a fluke? So I, I think it was, <laughs> Kind of um, I, a little bit of both um, in this instance. So to, to kind of fill in a little bit, um, you know, Tom is 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 alluding to um, you know our, our our topic of conversation is about concussions. So in that spot with Mox and Hangman, uh, when he did his little, you know, the 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 Mox did his King Kong lariat and Page did his flip. He hit his head, but he and he he immediately was out. Um, uh-huh. The ref like the ref stopped. And I mean, it was in split seconds before the doctor was in and then they called. I mean, I think it was what a total of a minute before they stopped the match. It got me. So I was I was looking forward to this too, Jim, uh, like you, you know, like I thought it started out hot, you know, um, just and, and, and Paige going into kind of Mox's territory out in the crowd. It was great. And they had me and they started hooking me. And when this happened, I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? Like, is he going to swerve him or something? Like, I thought it was all a shoot. And it ended up obviously not being in it, it being a work. But, you know, so uh, what led to this is Adam Page did indeed suffer a concussion. Um, and, you know, and that's kind of what, uh, you know, drove this topic today. Um, and, um, you know, so just wanted to kind of provide a little context in there that Hangman, it was confirmed that Hangman did have a concussion because of it. Yeah. Um, you know, but as alluded to, you know, Tom, too, is Adam Cole is currently suffering with a fallout from a concussion. Brian Danielson recently came back from a concussion, um, you know, and it's it, it's. I don't want to compare the, you know, the NFL to um, professional wrestling, but it's kind of one of these things where it's bound to happen just because of the physicality, this and that, you know, the way um, some of these moves. Has it gotten away from the days in the past? Absolutely. And I don't think that should be the, the focus of conversation is more on, you know, now it seems to be a lot of concussions are happening from bumps or guys, you know, like Tom said, you know, getting too crazy. So, um, you know, I, to answer Tom's question, I think it was I, I definitely think it was a little bit of a, a freak accident. You know, it's it's these guys are performers. They perfect these moves. They do it. And ballet dancers have off days. And, you know, there's baseball players who've probably walked onto the field bent over and their back goes out. You know, those are those weird freak accidents. I think it was there was one in the um, a baseball celebration. He was coming around. And when he literally did like a two inch hop uh, to jump on the home plate, he tore his ACL and was out for a year. Like it's a freak accident, you know, and I think that that's. Kind of what happened here because Paige does that spot all the time, the yeah. like twisty, flippy, you know, and this and that. Um, now, so my other part is, yeah, I kind of think it was unnecessary because, you know, I'm not looking at it as like maybe putting his 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 uh, body at risk or his life at risk. Obviously, there is that, but like to me, with a mox match, it's give me just that King Kong lariat. He should have just kind of like done a like you know I don't know like a fall on his back and maybe a, you know, that kind of thirties flop where he, he backflips over that could have been it for me. Or he rolls around and like, he hit him good. And, you know, I don't need the flippy thing. So I think it's like, I, I'm not trying to come across as like, and I'm not saying that like, yeah, some of these moves, I definitely think like Hala, maybe we'll get into him, Sammy Guevara, just doing these re- like, there's no need for it. Like, and you could hear it in some of the announcers voices. They're like, why are you making this call? Like you've, you've already got him in your pocket. You don't need to do something great because, yeah. like, I don't know if you saw one of the last ones he did. He completely missed. Either the guy didn't catch him right or Sammy just literally misjudged it and f- fell from the ladder. Or I was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, and whatever. And and I think any, you know, he's it, these people that that get this, you know, oh, well, you know, you're crazy. You got to stop doing it. It's just going to drive him to do it more, you know, and Sammy's young and hopefully he'll kind of learn. But I mean, I, I can't tell a grown man what to do, but like. You know, so, yes, I think, Tom, to answer your question, um, you know, some of these things are it is getting a little crazy because I'll admit I've gone into several matches going, oh, man, I can't wait for this spot. Like I've completely checked out from like, is this is this going to hurt this person, you know, and this and that like, is it actually really telling a story? Is it needed anymore? You know, and I think that like I know. Again, straying off the path here, but like, what's the point with Mox blading all of the time? Like at first, okay, cool. He's this British combat club fighter, but like, okay. 
every match that he's doing with like Brian Pillman Jr. Like, um, okay. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, use it in a story. So I, I will say this before I pass it on. I think if it can be done safely, then absolutely. I think it's part of their craft and it tells a story, but if they're just wantlessly needlessly, needlessly doing these insane spots, you know, you could question hangman's backflip on mocks, but to me, it called for it. Hangman's done that plenty of times. And I know he's working with a professional and Mox will do everything he can to catch him. You know, again, will accidents happen? Of course. But I know that like that's going to tell a story. It's this fiery, white hot, you know, baby face going after this just, you know, insano. So like it tells a story, you know, but like if it's the flip thing, it's not needed. Like then just take it out if you don't need it, you know, and if it's not for the story, then take it out. Um, You know, but I, I will say, you know, ending statement is that, yes, I think I need to adjust my expectations sometimes. Um, and maybe that'll be kind of the change of, you know, vocalizing the fact that, you know, at least I don't know where, you know, and that like amongst us, the, you know, the wrestling community does talk that it's like, you know, you don't always necessarily need to do these crazy moves to keep us entertained. You know, we're already here for a reason. And I think it's maybe up to that, not that I'm blaming, you know, the talent, but it's maybe it's just up to them to tell a better story to where they don't have to use these kind of crazy moves. So, that was a lot, obviously, Jim, you know, Tom, I want to hear what you guys and Tom, I want to hear, you know, what you have to, you know, on, on the subject as well. But Jim, fire away. Well, I, I, I mean, first and foremost, I want to say that I do not support your kink shaming of John Moxley. Uh, if the guy if the guy needs to cut himself to get off, I'm, I support it's 2022. Get woke. I, you know, I'm, I, I'm here to support you, John. You and Renee, you make a lovely couple. Secondly, I had no idea that you two were such big Jim Cornette fans. Uh, I'm a little taken aback, uh, if I'm being frank. Uh, oh, the flippity dippity bullshit! I don't know why you can't just pull out a fucking hammer lock. I, I, <laughs> what do we do? Isn't Carnet like a these a flippy do? Flippy do. Uh, I will say that, like, I, when I was watching it live, I honestly I didn't think the bump was that bad. I didn't think Hangman took it ex- extremely bad. Um, I was really surprised it led to a concussion because I didn't think it looked that brutal, to be perfectly honest with you. I've seen Hangman take a lot worse. And that speaks to kind of what you guys were talking about, how it's it's a freak accident. You know, it's it's an absolutely it can, it can happen anytime. Uh, you know, it, it's a dangerous business. What do they always say? It's not ballet. You know, I, I was really surprised because it is it's a it's it was a freak accident with two very talented professionals. Um, and, and that can happen. Um I will say though that I to me the the for me the big takeaway of the the page concussion was the response of AEW and they did it right. They immediately went in there and they immediately protected him and you know it you 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 watch you know you don't want to compare it to the NFL but you watch the NFL and Tua Tagliavola could get put back in there and get one of the scariest concussions I've ever seen in my fucking life, right? I am, you have to respect that AEW did the right thing. They immediately protected their guy. And, and, and when you're dealing with head trauma, time is everything. Time, you know, the, the quicker you can treat it, the better you're going to be. Yeah. I, I 1,000% respect AEW for, for how they handled it um, and what they did and, and protecting Adam Page. I was really impressed with that. Um, all of that being said, I don't think, I don't think it's that, you know, page went too far i don't think it's that mox went too far i think it's just a shitty thing happened and it's incredibly unfortunate and you know think whatever god you want to believe in that that hangman's going to be okay um because you know like you mentioned tom there's there are people like adam cole who have these lingering issues you know you got how long was brian danielson out of the game because of multiple concussions you know it's not something you screw around with and the fact that AEW handled it, I think the, the right way, exactly how you're supposed to handle situations like that. Um, I, I don't, I don't think you throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't think you, you ask these guys to pull it back because shit happens. And, and no matter how careful you are, how delicate you are, how, how protected you are, guys are going to get hurt and it's going to look terrible sometimes. 
Yeah, no, and that's that's a good point. But no, and, and, and Tom, really quick, I just wanted to add in too. And I think one of the compensating controls that they do is that obviously, you know, they're the, the, the industry has definitely changed and they're very they're more vocal about injuries, especially head trauma injuries. Um, Chris Nowitzki, actually, I guess after this big after the two, uh, I'm going to I'm terrible with his last name. I agree with I you, Jim, was one of the scariest things like I've been knocked for a loop and I've had a concussion before. And like that was terrifying. And the fact that they let that guy back on the field in like hours or a week later was one of the uh, so disgusting. But anyway, but it, it, again, it reinforces what Chris Nowitzki did, you know, and I guess he's, he does a tour, you know, AEW, TNA, I think even WWE where he talks about, look guys, I get it. I did it, but like, you got to make sure you're taking and gives a very, very, I guess a very good in-depth conversation almost to the point of like, not necessarily a scared, a scared straight. I've never, I've never seen it, but it definitely implies that like, you know, this is the risk that you're taking and you better know that what's going to happen if this does, you know what I mean? If, if the ultimate, you know, if you're unable to, to, to mitigate that risk, this is what is, this is going to happen. It's real life. You know, your brain's going to turn to mush. Like, you know, he's a living example. That's the reason he got out was because of, I think it was like a six concussion, six. It took him that long in a big organization. Granted, I know this was several years ago, but like, that's fucking nuts, like nuts. And yeah. now it's like to Jim's point, AEW was like, absolutely not. You know, that ref noticed he had to have seen because I don't they never showed unless a fan cam. It was behind him. And that ref had to have seen him out. He had to have been out cold because if you watch him, he looks down. He's like this and brings in the doctor immediately. And then that's when it, he may have just been coming too, and the doc's like, no, you're done, dude. You clearly, you know, yeah. I, there's all kinds of crazy, not crazy, but um, very, very telltale signs. And, you know, I, I can only bet dollars to donuts. That's what they saw. And then they just stopped it. So I think but anyway, sorry, Tom, not, not to no, you no, on, it's, but. It's, like, it's fine. Uh, I, I think the most disappointing thing out of all of this. And yeah, I, I agree with you guys too. I, I'm just, I, I was how it's, it will forever, and I don't think it'll ever change. And it's it's the most frustrating thing about being a wrestling fan is there's people who are practical like us who are like, you know, hey, thank goodness AEW did the right thing, and that whole the show must go on mentality is dumb. Then there was the ugliness of Twitter, who were like, I mean, I saw stuff that was like, oh well, oh, oh, you know, Owen Hart died in the ring and they still went on, and I'm like, what is wrong with you people? The one. The one person that bothers me the most is actually not Adam Page or Adam Cole, is Daniel Bryan. Is and I love Daniel Bryan. Pound for pound, probably the best wrestler of our generation. The one thing, and and it just I guess maybe it's an age thing, me getting older, because like of course all of us when we watched people take chair shots is when we were younger, it was like, oh whoa, that's so crazy how they do that. And then you're like, oh wait, oh, they're taking that for real. Like yeah, no, that's real. it was like it, like a, a badge of honor to just tuck your chin in and just take it. And as I get older and, and, and yes, I, I mentioned him before the whole Chris Benoit stuff. The one thing that stays with me and I can't remember who said it. And it's just, it's forever like haunting me is Harley race said, don't do, he said it to dynamite kid. He said, don't do the flying head, but you'll end up in a wheelchair. What happened to dynamite kid? ended up in a wheelchair, gave that same advice. I believe it was to Chris Benoit. Look what happened to Chris Benoit. And, yeah, and then idolized. Yeah. And, and we've got Daniel Bryan, which is, I'm going full circle here, going back to him. I was like gasping out of like fear when Kenny Omega did the dragon suplex to him on the, on the stage. That's the kind of stuff where I'm like, bro, you don't have to do that. Like, I'm just happy you're back wrestling and you're in good health. Like, don't make it worse because that was – I mean, I'm sure they were they were very safe when they did it. But good right. God, it looked like Kenny Omega broke the dude's neck. And I'm and like – See, and that's – Damn, and that's where I got to cut. Oh, unnecessary. Right. And I, I, I tend to – you know, and Jim, and sorry if I cut you off, but I mean, it like I remember that spot and, and, and you're right and it did. But like – uh, Kenny Omega is equally, you know, regardless of the fight and whatever you think about him, the man is very talented. And of course, you know, of all first things first is to protect your opponent. Like he protected to me, he protected the hell out of Daniel Bryan. And I told, I think Tom, you and I talked about this and you were kind of complaining about the same thing. And I was like, I actually think Omega took the most, he took the most trying to protect Bryan because he knows his neck or whatever, but that's, 
that's the, 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 the business too, is that there, it, it is an entertainment aspect. I'm not 100%. I'm with you. And if you could do it safely, if it's even needed. And like, that's, you know, I'm kind of jumping around here where I wanted to touch back on Jim's point. It's not necessarily that I feel, you know, Jim Cornette, flippy floppy doodads, you know, like, cause I will, I'll, I'll pop for that stuff. If it tells the story, you know what I mean? If you're just doing it needlessly, then what the hell's the point? You know, like if you're doing it in like a Lucha type match, the Lucha yeah. Brothers, of course, a trios match, I can expect a lot of that stuff. But if you're trying to tell me, you know, it's it, it, if it's just if it's not needed, then I don't need it. You know, but I think in like that instance, and this is where I'm kind of coming full circles, go back to the to the Omega Danielson thing is that it's good entertainment. I'm sure BD was like, dude, we got to try and do something like this. And Kenny's like, I'll protect you. You know what I mean? You also have to trust the guys that you're working with. But. You know, oh, I understand, Tom. I was actually more worried about when uh, his concussions, when it was the the big suplex, the superplex he did. The one, it's one of the coolest yeah. pictures you sent me, where it's like a black and white of like that. That scared me because that is like y- y- there ain't no much room for error there. You know what I mean? And like you can do the dragon suplex that way. If you watch Kenny, he drops and puts you down so fast. It literally, I, I, it's Kenny hitting first, and he's just kind of he's relying on the other performer to kind of sell it. So. I'm not trying to take away your point, Tom, but I just wanted to say, like, you know, that's the hard part with this is that if it tells the story and, and, you know, the move tells the story. And in that instance, it's Kenny Omega being a little heelish, going after a guy who has a history of neck problems, you know. So I don't know. That's just my that's my devil's advocate hot take on it. I, I, I was all for that match, by the way. And like. I was just surprised. And I thought the reason why I'm saying is unnecessary, because after the amount of time spent you know, rehabbing his neck and his, his concussion. I was just very shocked that maybe they did it and asked for forgiveness later. But I, I remember that match just being like, Oh my God, I can't believe they did that. And yeah, but, I, mean, I just, I just hope that there there's other companies that can learn from that and, and immediately end the match. Um, Cause right. as again, like I said, I, I may not be the biggest page guy, but like, Damn, I'm I'm glad he's 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 okay. He's yeah, I'm sure he's banged up and he's going to take some time to recover. Obviously, he deserves it. But I hope this is a lesson for other companies to be like, no, this is how you handle concussions. Like, stop it, yeah. address it, and 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 look what happened. I mean, they, I mean, to to maybe transition a little bit, how damn good MJF is that he probably came out and did all that on the fly to well, be like, all, it had to be improv, it had to be yeah, all on the fly, had to be improv. And I well, was, they even said. See that's sorry, Tom. Not to oops, sorry, not to ju- the, the promo that he did with William Regal. Um, surprised we actually didn't touch on that because that was good. I guess that was all impromptu. That was them just literally. That was William Regal respond. MJF is I'm going to talk. William Regal sat there and and worked it up on the fly and whatnot. And I guess that's what I had heard because like Jim Ross, I guess was like he was like they did that with nothing. And so just again, how good he is, and to do that at the end of the night when clearly they were like um. Shit. Now what? Cause I guess there was like, it's, it's up for debate who was actually going to win, but that I guess was the ending was that Mox was going to, or um, MJF was going to challenge whoever uh, for the title at full gear. Poor Mox. I just feel so bad for that guy to be like, Hey, can I go on vacation yet guys? <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this, but the, uh, again, you turn in, you know, making chicken salad out of chicken shit uh, on, on rampage on Friday, Mox had a little promo where he got interrupted by Penta. And so it's going to be Penta versus Mox this Wednesday. And, oh, that's the greatest silver lining that could have come from this situation is fucking Mox versus Penta. Oh my fucking god! I'm I'm I've already I've already warned everyone who lives in my household, all of my children, my spouse, my pets, all of them. Leave me the <laughs> fuck alone for this match, or there will be serious consequences. Because that's yes. a, that's a fucking dream match. That's an oh, yeah. absolute dream match. <laughs> Other big news that came out <laughs> this week is that AEW is close to allegedly a buyout contract buyout uh, with CM Punk. Uh, of course, after the very famous brawl out uh, between the initial trios champions uh, and CM Punk, they really calling it the brawl out? Yeah, you haven't heard that yet. Yeah, oh, the, the AEW brawl out. Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah, the, the rumor now is that that AEW is trying to buy out Punk from the rest of his contract so that he can yeah. move on and they can move on. Um, you know, hopefully that would at the very least lead to Kenny Omega and the Bucks getting back on the roster and, and clear up some of that. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, 
Mike, I guess you first. What do you, what do you should Punk get a buyout? Should how should they handle this? Boy, man, I'm, the more I'm starting to read this, I'm like, you know, I was I was proponent of it's a it's a it's a it's a work, guys. We're getting worked, and and it doesn't seem like that anymore. And I mean, Ace Steel's gone. Um, that was the other news. I, I guess it was all kind of the way every article I saw that was written was like Ace just kind of okay to get this thing moving, and I, one of us just has to go, kind of thing. And I was like, okay, and then I won, and sure enough, here comes the punk news, you know, and. Man, it it really bums me out, and I it's sad to think that the reality of maybe never seeing him step foot in a ring again um, after this, because like Punk's always been really really smart with his money, and he's clearly making the right play here. Of like, look, it's either you bring me back, and or my guess is the way this is what's it seems to be. And again, this is all speculation. Is that for some reason the Bucks and Omega are going to come back? Punk's like it's either it's either me or them. Um, you know, I think there's a reason why I should be brought back because he is a, he, you know, he might not be the a needle mover, but the man, it, 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 he sells merchandise and he's made them a ton of money. He made them I, again with the, the brawl out or all out, he made them their first million dollar gate. Um, and I think he's just saying it's either me or him. And if it's not, you know, okay, fine, you can choose them, but you're going to, you're going to pay me. You're going to buy me out of my contract. Mm-hmm. And it is a lot of money, I guess. And it, it's it's not necessarily like the actual base salary. It's all of the merchandise sales and likeness, like literally. And I just was like, wow, I never really took that in a case. So like we're talking a lot of money and I could see Punk being just like, I'm I'm done with this nonsense. I could see him now with the, the new regime in, in WWE, but at Punk's age. And it's just like, dude, you tried it. It didn't work. Unfortunately, I, it, it was working. And I think you just, you caught a bad break with this group of individuals. Um, and you know what, just take your money and go, just go do what you want to do. Go star in Hollywood, play around with Marvel, just be a good nerd, maybe open up a wrestling school. Maybe if that bug itches you, you know, but it's just, I like, just do it and get it over with because, you know, now that I'm starting to see, to answer your question, Jim, it's like, I love punk. I've been a big fan of punk. We've all three of us have seen him multiple times. Tom, I think even I've met him twice. Tom has met him, uh, you know, and great guy. And it's just at this point, dude, just go do what you want to do. And it's like, just let the product roll on. I think Tony Khan's got a good vision, I think, <laughs> you know, and just move on. I don't know. That's that's my take of it because I'm just kind of getting sick of this. And it's just like it's getting away from what I like. And that's professional wrestling. And I have to admit, since every one of those dimwits have been gone, it's it's been pretty enjoyable. You know what I mean? I haven't been like, oh, it's a Bucks match. Oh, it's, you know, like the writing's on the wall. Like you can kind of see that it's like, you know, there clearly there was some truth to maybe, you know, what Punk was saying about the Bucks. And like maybe, I don't know, this is just enough for them to like say, okay, we'll come back, finish up, finish out our contracts, whatever, and just jump ship or something. I don't know. But I'm just... To answer the question, yeah, I think they should buy out Punk's contract. Yeah, Jim and I kind of were, were talking about this before you you, you hopped on, and um, to add some more, uh, you know, content, whatever. Uh, that there is speculation that Triple H is very interested in trying to get him to come to WWE, and overall, Punk coming back, it's just such a disappointing, like just such a disappointment that like he had one of the most insane pops in Chicago I have ever heard and to go from that to this it's just it's it's I, I can't think of a better word it's just super disappointing that yeah. uh, that as more reports come out it seems that like as much as I love punk the dude is not easy to work with and it's just a fact at this point that you know what the dude's kind of kind of a prick and I'm not saying that against you know like I'm not taking the buck side on this too I think there's a lot to be learned and I hope those uh fine young uh gentlemen uh do look at this as a as a learning curve and be like okay this is this is how we need to handle things going forward and I do also think that Tony Khan should start maybe being a better boss and not everybody's friend because it seems he is friends with everybody. And case in point, and I'm not trying to get off on a tangent here. I know that him and Jericho have uh, recently come out that are like super, super like tight. And I'm like, and and now apparently Jericho is going to get like more creative control, more like backstage stuff, which is like, I'm a little nervous about, but I digress. Um, yeah, I think at this point, Khan's the smartest moves, cut your loss, buy out his contract, 
Um, I know uh, there's a big, uh, the, the big hang up is the non-compete clause, I believe. Yeah. If Punk decides to go to WWE, I will full, I will go on here on this podcast and tell him, fuck him uh, at that <laughs> point. Because that is, and as, as we're all young, uh, or young, excuse us, we're not. Uh, <laughs> as we're all old uh, punk rockers, I think that is the least punk thing CM Punk could do. And that is just kind of like, Oh really, dude? You you're gonna you're not you're gonna say you didn't sell out. You bought in, and you're gonna like because there's like rumors that he wants to be part time, have a Brock Brock Lesnar schedule. Sure, financially, that's a great move, but as a wrestling legacy, dude, just I would love for him to show up in New Japan a little bit. Maybe have some matches with Jay White. I think would be cool. Uh, Okada would be great and then ride into the sunset and call it a day. I think that that would be his ultimately the best outcome is that he goes to Japan, becomes a vicious heel, gets his payday and, and leaves. Uh, Cause I don't want to see the dude not step in a wrestling ring again. Unfortunately, I, I don't want to see that, but if it does happen, I sure hope his last stand isn't in WWE. I really like what you just said there, Tom. Uh, I really like that idea of, of it's almost like do a Chris Jericho, but quit, right? Like yeah. do a Chris Jericho, but then like leave, yeah. like don't keep hanging on and fucking up other people's shit. Like just go. But yeah, if he had like a Jericho run in NJPW where he was, you know, coming out with these major, just doing major shows and crazy yeah. heel work and, you know, the crazy Gaijin and all that, that'd be fucking awesome. Great. Oh, yeah. that end his career. Oh, yeah. Oh God, that's, that's so brilliant. Um, Cause yeah, he, 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 everything that makes CM Punk, CM Punk, everything that built his fan base would be completely destroyed. If he went back to WWE on a part-timer contract. Yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake, it, it, one of the biggest feuds of his career was against Cena and then against the rock. And it was because they were part-timers and then he's going to come back and be a fucking part-timer. I just, yeah. Yeah, well, I, just even, I, I, I mean, he he was bitching about the fact that like that's the, one of the things like when he lost the belt, when he was the modern day, you know, at the at that time, mm-hmm. the longest reigning and he had to ditch it to a part timer. Yeah. It's I, I agree with Tom. It's like, dude, you live by this punk rock mentality, like for real. And like that is the most unpunk rock thing. I, I mean, that's like, oof, man, I was going to comp- I was going to try and make a joke between Green Day and something because I know, Jim, you've always been like that's Fuck always Green been Day. your like, bah, like. <laughs> Like Green yeah, we're punk rock. punk rock bands I've ever listened to, so I don't know what Jim's talking about. All right, Tom. Uh, it would be very it would be very disappointing though. Again. We don't have to do this here. Uh, and it can, just <laughs> Jim, what are you doing? The thing that, <laughs> wait a Tom, why is Jim behind you? No, um no, and I think the thing that bums me out too is that like you could tell punk he had definitely slowed down a little bit, but like that MJF dog collar match he had when he came out with the with his Ring of Honor trunks oh, and yeah. uh, oh my god, like that's where I'm like, man, we could have gotten a couple of more of those. Maybe not necessarily like the dog, but something just that you know. And it wasn't even like a nostalgia thing for me. It was just like, oh man, this is why I love punk. This is when punk was good, you know. And of course, yep, obviously a little bit of nostalgia, but like it just bums me out that we might. To Tom's point, if he does decide, if he gets bought out, goes to New Japan, like it's just going to be, you know, maybe three or four more matches, maybe if that's what he ends up deciding to do. And it's just it's a bummer because you could tell he felt very comfortable in AEW um, Mm -hmm. up and well, I guess to a point, (laughs) but um, (laughs) he just stinks. One of them in the face. So (laughs) yeah, Billy lit one of them up and his friend threw a chair at their head. So which, by the way, did you see a steal what he tweeted? Uh, when he when he supposedly got let go, he was like, and I, I oh, thought this was yeah free at last. This whole like freedom from the Blues Brothers with uh, uh, Aretha Franklin, and I I just couldn't. I was I was kind of angry by that because I was like, this company has like put you on the map essentially again, yeah. and you're like freedom from this horrible yeah. company. It's like, come on, dude. Like yeah, like and only only the super fucking diehard marks knew who a steel was. Before you showed up on AEW TV, let's not yeah, let's not yeah. pretend like you know that you, like you were carrying water for them. You, nobody knew who the fuck you were, bro. Like, oh yeah, nobody. So yeah, that's that's I don't I don't I don't like like I've I've left some situations where it was you know 
you know, fuck you, I'm out. I've left situations like that before, but never have I confused my place in the organization that badly. Right. Like, oh man, so great. So grateful to be out from under the yoke of ABC news. What the fuck? Like, no, no, they, I was not carrying ABC news. It's not, that's not how this works. Yeah. I just, Fuck that guy. I mean, it was yeah, so, so very strange. I, I saw that and I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> All right, man, take it easy. And I, I mean, it, it sucks too that we're, we're not going to see, you know, if punk decides to, to go, I mean, or if whatever they decide to do that, we're not going to see some of those like dream matches. Cause like, I would have loved to see, you know, they, they did fight in WWE, the, uh, uh, Daniel Bryan and, and, and Punk, but yep. with with the gloves off and some more freedom, that match would have been insane. It would have been so good. Or we could have gotten Joe and Punk again. And it was like yep. all yeah, these rematches, and it's like, God damn it, dude. You couldn't have just swallowed your pride just a little. I would have loved to have seen Punk and, and Joe again. Even more so, right, you know, right now you've got Jericho doing this uh, Ring of Jericho, right? And how he's going to destroy all things Ring of Honor. Uh how fucking great would it have been to see punk come back and beat the shit out of Jericho on behalf of ring of honor? Yeah. That would have been a great way to, to finish that fucking story out and maybe possibly permanently cripple Chris uh, Jericho. Maybe, maybe just, you know, dreaming here. Maybe he could have actually ended the life uh, of Chris Jericho. Uh, did you guys, did, did, I know it sounds like Jim, you might have did uh, Tom, did you see the Dalton castle Jericho match? Ah. Uh... No, I didn't. But I saw. I'm sorry. I love Dalton Castle. Like I, that man is like if he's, and it kind of sucks because he's essentially what Quincy is in NXT. And I'm not trying to shit on Quincy, and I think it's great. But like, god damn it, Dalton Castle's been doing this for fucking like he has always been the Peacock, Planet Peacock, and it's like that was perfect. I thought really, honestly, come in. With this, like, and literally, you could see people in the crowd were like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> and it's just that it's that uh, Adrian Adonis, right? That yep. that yep. very like gay is it's flamboyant, like beautiful. And then he can fucking wrestle. And to Jim's point, to go back to what Bandito, it legit looked like fucking Dalton Castle was wrestling a sack of potatoes, and it was just like, <laughs> thank God Jericho's at least this point to be able to, because like. I thought Dalton looked great. Thank God. I mean, Jericho's got that enough into him to make him look good. But like, Jesus Christ, I think I saw what you meant, Jim. And going back and going, he did the same goddamn thing for Bandito and literally was like, I'll keep up. um, Just probably like to kill me, you know? And I mean, it, because he did, but I, I, I don't know, man, I love Dalton Castle. And I just, I hope that this is his, people are going to go like, Hey, remember that guy? Like, yeah, I want to see more of him with the boys and like, Oh my God, he is, (laughs) I, I've been pulling the trigger on wanting to get this bright teal covered in pink Planet Peacock shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees. And I'm just like, I just don't know if I'm good. I, I don't think I could pull this yeah, off. Like, you got to pull the trigger, man. I, I know. And I'm like, but it's just, I, I'm a huge fan of him. And I just, so. He's, he's amazing. I love him. I I love when he comes out with the, the boys. Mm. I loved when, uh, the, the, when Ring of Honor had the New Japan and uh, Tanahashi was one of them. I that was it. I that was like 100%. I am 100% behind this guy. Like if you can get Tanahashi to do that, like yes. Yes, I I love you Dalton Castle. He's I hope he yeah. he's around more. Oh, I fucking loved it. Love Dalton Castle. And yeah, it was and, and I we said this about the Bandito match. Like on the one hand, yeah, Jericho is letting these guys get some get some spotlight and get their moves in and all that. But on the other hand, man does it look like it makes roh look like shit that that all these former champs can beat the fuck out of you but then lose to a spinning elbow fuck you man like that's such an ego move to be like all right yeah do all this shit no i'll I'll take all this shit but then i'll win when i hit you with my elbow what are you what uh he stole from andrade and andrade uh andrade isn't allowed to use it so it's like Dude, it's a spinning elbow. Like, dude, I didn't not, know that. It's not it's yeah. Andrade, Andrade came out and was like, I can't use this because of, of a certain somebody who already uses it. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Well, and Andrade's version was so much better. It was the like you miss the front kick and then yeah. follow that up because Charlotte was doing it for a minute too. Like, mm-hmm. It's kind of an, an ode to Andrade, and I love the way Andrade does it. Jericho's is just. I'm just here's a fat guy who's gonna spin around really quick, you know. Like, I just, I don't know. Oh, maybe he won't fall over this You're time. Being so generous with the quick part. Because <laughs> <laughs> Andrade, when Andrade did it, like that legit looks like he put some torque into that thing. Like, okay, if Andrade did it, yeah, I could see that being a good finisher. But Jericho's like, and it's like it's like a last ditch effort, and it's like, can you just use the goddamn lion tamer? Like, just, yeah. <laughs> you can't even do that without, like, gasping for breath. Like, uh, I, we could – I'm sure we could go on and on about Jericho. Oh, uh, God. Should we, should we start a new podcast called Fuck Chris Jericho? <laughs> we just go on and on about how <laughs> Chris Jericho, Jericho please retire. You know, kudos to my wife for uh, the inspiration. Um, but uh, I talked about this individual a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, uh, so I think it's time um, um, they get their uh, they get their spotlight. Uh, this individual was born 1986, uh, has wrestled uh, quite extensively um, since her debut in 2005. Uh, this individual is a one time Florida championship wrestler. Uh, a one time Great Lakes championship wrestler, an international catch wrestling alliance champion, uh, the NWA France women's champion, uh, the Memphis champion women's championship. Wait, I read that one wrong. Uh, NWA world's women championship, which uh, she beat for Camille, as I believe her say her name. Um, great match. Highly recommend it. Uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling, where she was the OVW Women's Champion. And she is also a uh, one-time uh, WNC Wrestling New Classic Women's Championship. But uh, gentlemen, if I said, uh, boy, what could, what, what, I don't want to try and give it away. But if I said, uh, if I said the professor of professional wrestling, would that give any hint to who I'm talking about? Lenny um, see Lenny Poffo. <laughs> Lenny Poffo. I know you said <laughs> Woman, it's, uh, God, believe it or not, it's don't, don't Lenny assume Papo. Lanny Poffo's gender. All right, he might <laughs> identify. <laughs> I don't. Let's not assume. But all joking aside, Jim, it, I, I'd see some nods. Do you do you have an idea who I'm talking about today? Serena Deeb. You damn right. I am talking about the professor, Miss Serena Deeb. Um, I, I brought her up a couple weeks ago, um, and I was looking for a spotlight. Um, was trying to not get away. I felt like we were kind of talking about some old timers and, and and wanted to get it back to, you know, somebody new and 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 who I think deservedly should be talked about. And that's Serena Deeb. Um, she had a great match with Tony Storm a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think she's really kind of starting to find her footing in AEW um, and also just still being able to. Uh, I, I don't know if she's exclusively AEW now. Um you know, but um, and we'll get into this for the various promotions she did. But she at one point was going back and forth between NWA and AEW. I don't know if they still have that agreement, um, you know, but I mean, that's what really caught my eye. I was like, hey, Serena Deeb, that's she's from um, the Straight Edge Society, the girl. So if, yes. if anybody tuning in doesn't know who this is, she was the girl in the Straight Edge Society, six degrees of CM Punk. Uh, was the one that shaved her head um, and I guess did so willingly. She was like, no, absolutely. I'm in. And, um, uh, you know, was a lot of people were like, ooh, thinking, you know, again, in a male dominated sport, she was told, no, she said, I, this, I wanted to do it and yada, yada. What, how she ended up getting released is probably more part of that, you know, bullshit male kind of run industry at the time, but we'll cover that. But, um, you know, no, um, wanted to start really with, with Serena's early career. Um, she actually, believe it or not, started in OVW in 2005 and OVW is synonymous, uh, with, uh, uh, WWE, but I believe at this time they were actually just in the closing stages of kind of getting rid of that and then transferring to, um, FCW, which would end up growing into NXT. Uh, you know, but it, she had a lot of great matches with Shelly Martinez there. Uh, Beth Phoenix, uh, was there probably her biggest, um, rival at the time. Um, and again, she was only there for a year. Uh, you know, her other, one of her other big matches with ODB. Um, I, I just, I hate, I, I'm not a fan of ODB and it just, I don't, I never got it. And I hate saying her full name. It's like old dirty bitch. And like then they just shortened it to ODB. I've never known that. I always just thought it was just ODB. As I've I thought it was yeah, or one dirty bitch or something like that. That's it was oh when she was God. in TNA, and it just yeah never was like ah uh, the TNA eh. years. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, no. So she was, um, so actually I apologize. No, she was in, uh, Ohio Valley for, uh, several, several years actually. Uh, so in 2008, that's when she, um, she became champion. Uh, she joined a group called the insurgency, which is where she really went. Uh, she became healed for the first time. Um, and I, you know, and, uh, uh, I love her as a heel. Um, you know, I know in straight edge society, it was, she didn't do too much, um, you know, but, uh, what she's doing now is just, I think fantastic, but, um, really where she really, I think developed was in shimmer, which is where a lot of women go. Um, if you're not familiar with shimmer, shame on you, uh, go watch it because many, 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 um, wonderful, fantastic women, uh, professional wrestlers have come from shimmer. It, it's a, it's an all female league. Um, but it is, it's one of the best. Um, and right, there have been some- is that the one that aj lee runs or is like heavily involved with shimmer that's wild i was gonna say i think it's wow yeah yeah no so yeah so one of one of many women feds wow uh is one um uh shimmer is one um i know um there's offshoots offshoots of uh zello pro um ddt has a women's but shimmer is is probably one of the best um i literally if you can name anybody that's anybody has been through shimmer uh shimmer or wow um one of the two so uh she was over there she eventually became um you know their champion um had oh my god uh miss chiff was one of her uh mis uh chif for anybody out there uh wondering uh, uh sarah del rey another outstanding wrestler i believe she's actually a performance coach at nxt now uh she was there um i don't think she's there anymore I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway, she's just, you know, Mercedes Martinez is there. Another great women uh, professional. Oh, my God. I cannot say that women. Women's professional wrestler. Uh, Amazing Kong was there. So, again, she she really, really um, had her her pick of the litter there to have, you know, to really build a really good career. So at this time, uh, you know, she starts. um she starts dabbling her foot into WWE. Uh, this is where, um, you know, around now, I think this would be 2009, 2010. Uh, like I said, OVW was kind of getting away from WWE and uh, uh, FCW was kind of their 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 uh, B leagues, if you want to call it, where she becomes the queen of FCW. Um, she obviously, AJ Lee's in there, Natalia's there, Gail Kim. Uh, you know, again, a, a lot of um, 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 known women's talent. Um, again, just keep perfecting her craft with, um, you know, it was actually, that was a good, that was, they were, that was when they were just trying to get away from the divas. Um, and I was going to touch on this and, you know, maybe we can circle back to it. And it's almost like to me in that there were several wrestlers in that era that just, it, it, I don't want to say peaked at the wrong time, but like, it just, if it would have been a few years later, they would, I really truly think like Deeb and Natalia and some of these, you know, as they were, they were coming out of that divas, uh, era and into like, no, these, these women, they can roll, you know, AJ's really, really good. Gail Kim is very good. And they were just stuck in that disgusting diva era. And it just, it really bummed me out. Um, so about this time, uh, you know, as she's the queen of FCW, but, uh, she makes her, uh, SmackDown debut, uh, sitting in the front row. Uh, it was, uh, 2010, if I'm not mistaken, uh, where it was the good old, you know, plant in the crowd. Uh, and this was when punk was doing his straight edge society thing where he, um, I don't think it was the first time, but really the first um, main stage he had other than like Ring of Honor to promote his straight edge, uh, his straight edge lifestyle. And he was doing it really well, almost to the point that was like almost cultish. Like, I don't know if you remember on the on the documentary and like he loved that period because like people were like comparing him to Jesus and stuff because he had the long hair and the beard and he was really working it. And it, it, it I think it could have gotten a lot better than it was, but. Um, it was fun. It was, it was a, it was really kind of a, a really interesting heel stable, but, um, you know, so punk sees this girl there, they were doing, I think something for weeks of like proving your straight edgeness or something like that. And this girl basically, um, uh, is Serena is in the crowd, raises her hand and she's like, I'm willing to get my head shaved. And they, sh- they shaved her head on the episode. It was really, it was kind of like, Whoa, like, okay. But again, like I said earlier, um, she was fully on board for it. Um, and actually really, really wanted to do it. Um, but then, uh, uh, which I don't know why they went this route. And then this is the, 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 where it's just the, I don't know if it's the, I don't want to call it ugly side of professional wrestling. Um, you know, but of course, you know, with any group, there's going to be drama, uh, on the inside, but I guess what actually, what they were, they, so what I was trying to say is, is that, um, Serena on like a video 
got caught, you know, drinking in a bar. And of course it was supposed to lead for the breakup of uh, the straight edge society, but she had actually been in, uh, you know, in her personal life outside of the ring, I guess was embellishing uh, and whatnot. And like, just, she wasn't like, I, I don't want to say like married to the role or whatever, but it was just, um, she was breaking kayfabe essentially. Um, and they punished her for it and essentially fired her over it. Um, which I just, that made, I was like, ah, really? Like, you know, you give this girl a main stage, you shave her head, you know, granted she was willing to do it. And then just because she's not up to kayfabe, you cut her loose. And like, I don't know if that was a punk thing. I, you know, there's been speculation that punk is because he's just so true to the craft and whatnot that he had a little bit of say in it. But like, I also, um, have read history that like punk and Serena are actually really, really tight. Um, they're really good friends. Um, he was the one that was like, no, she should be, she's a phenomenal wrestler. She's a great talent. And it was more of the top brass potentially being, you know, seeing the value in punk and being like, you're not in control. We are. And that, you know, that's why they let her go kind of thing like that. So there's always been kind of a, I don't know if you guys have ever heard that or heard much about it. It's not like, I don't want to call it a conspiracy and one of those dark side of the ring, but like <laughs> I was, I've never quite heard the real story behind, you know, why Deeb got let go. But I do know it was because of her breaking kayfabe, but like who ultimately made the decision. Yeah. I, I think it, to me, it has always seemed like looking for an excuse, right? Cause that's such a shit. I mean, breaking kayfabe who the fuck wasn't breaking kayfabe at that point in time uh i i honestly like i said it's always to me wrong as a you know they wanted a reason to get rid of her and she has said herself she has talked about how um she was not going through a good time in her life at that point she she has had issues with alcohol and and, and substances before maybe that was the real story behind it so it wasn't just breaking kayfabe because that would be a weak fucking reason and also to you i think at the time with uh, luke gallows was in the the straight edge society which is oh, like yeah. that dude on record is pretty notoriously known for drinking like a fish so like if that dude is drinking and they fire her for the same thing it's like uh so you're gonna say kayfabe really like luke gallows was probably drunk half the time he was like cutting those promos so I, yeah, I I've heard it. I've heard there was speculation that Punk had had something to do with it because he even said I think at one point uh, when they were both in AEW they both like she kind of apologized to him and he was like no it's actually you know me who should be apologizing so either way it was just just interesting and I just I know that there was like you know that little blip um, about her and and kind of what happened so. So she leaves um, WWE or she gets fired essentially and then she kind of just. I, I think she she hits the indies, um, you know, um, I, takes time off, does things. She she's Ring of Honor. She does a stint in Ring of Honor. She shows up in TNA a couple times. Uh, she um, that, you know, when NWA was still, I think at that time, still trying to be the NWA, uh, you know, NWA France and all that. So she's floating around with that. Um, she had um, Daphne. Uh, she wrestled Daphne a little bit. For those who don't remember Daphne, she was the one that would run around screaming all the time and unfortunately uh, uh, took her life. I think it was either early this year or late last year. So um, unfortunate, just a bummer there. Um, but uh, she was, again, kind of just all over. Uh, she started, she was in this very, very fledgling women's promotion, Wrestlelicious. I mean, you guys can see that that's just, you know, was destined to take off with that name. Um you know, but she also, but I mean, still, she was building a rep. She was Charlotte was roaming around at that time, uh, learning that obviously Charlotte, you know, WWE learning her craft. And, uh, you know, again, Mercedes Martinez is out and about, um, you know, she was a big indie wrestler in there. And so she's just kind of floating all around. She works in Japan for a little bit. She's playing the indies. A lot of them, that's what they do. Um, during this time, she's kind of starting to also get um, some in this, I'd say around about this time, time frame and then almost a little bit more, she starts getting some injuries. Um, I know she was out with a pretty nasty concussion for a little bit. Um, and then um, she, I think she comes back. She was again, uh, just doing the indie thing, just doing her own thing. Um, she shows up in shine wrestling, another good, you know, um, uh, women's uh, promotion. Uh, I think she had a feud with Eva Lise there. Uh, and then uh, 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 Soraya page or formerly known as page uh, was also there. So again, you know, she, this, this Serena has always worked with really, really good talent I think she just, you know, just kind of couldn't find the break. Um, and then she again gets hurt pretty badly from what I understand. It was something with her neck. 
Um, and she's out for a while. Um, I think it was from like 2015 or like between it was like between 2014 and 2015 is when she was already kind of hurt. She has the concussions and whatnot. And then I guess she gets really hurt with her neck and then she's out for a significant portion of time. Um, and then she kind of like really surprises. I, I, I don't know. She surprised me when she shows up at the first May Young Classic. And I was like, she shows up, she's tan, she's jacked, she's like really in shape. And I'm like, that's Serena Deeb. And like, she looked phenomenal. Like her wrestling was crisp um, and she just, she's, she's killing it. And um, she ends up getting a, you know, um, I think at that point in her career, um, which sucks because I would say she's, I think she's like roughly middle age at this point. She's almost 40, um, but that woman can still wrestle and it really sucks that she was stuck, I think, in the WWE of like, well, you're not you're pretty, but you're mid you're you know what? You should just be a performance coach. And it's so she ends up going down there and she's a performance coach. And um, I think, honestly, the best thing that could have happened to her, I'm sure she didn't appreciate it at the time, but she gets cut due to complications with the covid pandemic. She ends up I think it's like in early 2020, she gets cut. Um, and then that to me is that's when she goes on this tear. Um, she shows up in NWA. Uh, she starts feuding with, um, oh my God, why am I drawing a blank on her? Um, oh my God. Um, Thunder Rosa. That was my first, I like, like finding out who Thunder Rosa was and following that they, they were in NWA and then they come to AEW and they had some great matches in AEW. And then she's just recently. And like I said, I think this is, you know, kind of get a caught up current. She's in AEW, um, where I think she is doing some of the best work, um, I've ever seen her do. Um, I, this like five minute professor challenge she's doing, it's like, I think, again, I talked about it, uh, a couple of weeks ago where I said, um, it's legit looking at like a female Dean Malenko and her crispness and her, the knowledge of the move set. Um, and I'm sorry, but like that serenity lock, I, that just pop hard. She just, that is such a cool move and the way she just torques back. Oh my God, it's great. Um, but yeah, no, I just, that's, and I just, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, where, where she's going to go, where she's going to fit in. And, you know, and I, I think she's, she can definitely go, uh, with the Tony storm match. Um, I think proved it. Um, but also I think it's going to be a huge, huge, huge help for their women's division to have, you know, and, and I think her only downfall is, um, her promos aren't that great. Um, she definitely did one, um, Tom sent me one and was like, Oh, a little rough. And I was like, and I think my response was like, this is the classic, like great wrestler just has struggle with promos. She comes back and Dustin, Dustin Rhodes was out in the ring. And this was when she was feuding with Thunder Rosa and, and Deeb cuts an amazing promo about like, it's my, it's like, she just does the classic. It's my turn. I'm like, I'm tired of getting past it. And it was great. And I was like, and I think I even texted Tom and I was like, holy crap. That, what, was she like listening to our conversation leaps and bounds better? And she's just, she's really getting into that. I think just this like snobbish, I'm better than you, smarter than you heel. And I'm, I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do with her and intrigued where she, she was going to go. But, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen many matches of hers. And again, she is really floated around. She was there and then she disappeared and then she was there again and then she disappeared. And now she's back again, you know. So um, it, it, it kind of, again, why I wanted to surprise you, um, you know, and see what you guys think. Like, what's your thoughts on Serena Deeb and, and you know, what do you think of her? And, and, and you know, what's uh, I don't know. Where do you think she's headed? Well, I, you know, as probably one of the world's biggest Dean Malenko marks. Uh, I fucking love Dean. He is like, you know, people talk about their Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Dean Malenko is three of the four spots for me. Um, you know, calling her the Dean Malenko women's wrestling is incredibly high praise. Uh, and she's pretty close to earning that praise. I mean, she really is for everything you just said, Mike, she's incredibly crisp. Uh, her move set is ever expanding. You know, she has her her stock moves you're going to see in every Serena Deeb match, but she's always uh, kind of reaching out uh, of of her normal world and 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 pulling in new moves. Um, I, I obviously I remember with Stratish Society, uh, she dropped off the face of the earth, and I didn't catch up with her again until the May Young Classic. Um, then I followed her when she was in NWA and, and seeing her in AEW has been fantastic. I honestly, she's one of the people that I, she's one of the reasons I wish AEW would focus more on the women's division and growing. Mm -hmm. it. Um, there's some phenomenal talent in the AEW women's division that doesn't get the attention it deserves. And Serena Deeb is, is right near the top of that list. Um, I think, I think she's a phenomenal performer. Like you said, not a great Mike skills, but Hey, that just fits right into the Dean Malenko comparison. Um, but if you're a good enough performer, you don't need to be great on the mic. 
Uh, and, and I think she's right there at that level of, you know, let her, let her in-ring work do the talking for her. Cause it's fantastic. I, I uh, be hard pressed to think of another female wrestler working today who could reach her level of technical skills. No, I, I a hundred percent agree. And I don't know if you've, uh, I actually kind of, um, yeah, I popped for it when I think it was Brit. Uh, Brit brought her out as like her tag partner. It was her and Jamie Hader or something. But like the way she came out was like this. I'm established woman who's going to beat the shit out of you. Like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, no. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, like you've got the obnoxious heel. But now, crap, she's brought her like fucking mean ass friend who's going to beat you up. And like, I was like, I like that. Like, I was like, hell yes. Like that just it felt like what a good fit for you to come in and be like, you know, I might not win, but I'm going to stretch you. And it's, you know, and it's like all the faces, the baby faces are like, oh, no, this is great. Anyway, sorry, Tom, not to cut Please you off. No. I mean, I just. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I have too much to add because um, I don't I, I didn't watch her after she got um, let go from WWE. And um, I actually just found out through you, Mike, that I didn't know that she was hired back on to be a coach. Um, yeah. After the straight edge society, I. I didn't know she, I was like, Oh, I guess it was just one of those moments where I, I was like, Oh, this wrestler just kind of disappeared. Um, everything I've seen in AEW with her is phenomenal. Um, I totally agree with Jim. Um, we all love Dean Malenko, not because of his amazing mic skills, like, but he, he's so, he's such a great wrestler that exactly like he could just, you know, probably fart into the microphone. And I'd be like, dude, that guy's amazing. You know, like it, it just, be, his wrestling speaks for itself. And, and yeah, that is absolutely high praise uh, for sure. And um, yeah, I mean, she, she is a little rusty, you know, a little, little rough on the mic, but again, I mean, she's super entertaining. She's great. I love the professor, the, the, the professor gimmick. I think it's, it fits her very well. And, and I think it's, it's a perfect fit for her in AEW. They need that. Um, you know, cause like, how do I put this? Like every company is going to have like, uh, a, a top level talent like Britt Baker and Tony storm. And, right. and I think there's a lot of wrestlers and women wrestlers who try to emulate that. But like Serena Deeb, when I watch her, I'm like, that is like, she is super unique. That is one of a kind. I, I like she's not trying to be Charlotte Flair or, you know, Britt Baker you or guys anything see like the, that. So. Um, uh, I, th I think it was for the inner. It was either the interim or the open or whatever. But I, I'm pretty sure it was her and Mercedes Martinez for the Ring of Honor World. It was great. It was really good. And was it was and Mar Mercedes Martinez, I think, is actually older than Serena Deeb, I think. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I believe so. So I could see them, you know, building that up a little bit more because they were a tag team. And then I think it was like she turned on her. Or so I, I, I'm tr it, clearly um, um, not up to snuff on some of my stuff. But um, uh, no, I do remember uh, that that being a great match and, yes. and it, it, helping Mercedes again find her footing because she's another in my, you know, in, in my opinion, like a Serena Deeb that got caught kind of in that diva-ish era and you know being you know uh, not to get too much into this or maybe we can get into it um you know with mercedes uh, with her body type and and um you know even potentially her sexuality and whatnot just didn't fit that bill and that's where it just pisses me off that like a mercedes martinez um you know uh serena deeb uh i'm trying to think of anybody like at that you know um i can't think of any i draw it, it there's many many more that just i think got caught in that unfortunate you know we're just looking for hot girls basically um that can sort of wrestle um and whatnot and it just it stinks and i think mm -hmm. they got not buried i don't want to say that um you know but just pushed aside and it just yeah. stunk um and it just stinks that like now you know it just it, i would have loved to have seen like a mercedes martinez a couple years ago you know go up against like the tony storms and um rhea ripley's and and, and whatnot and I, I they'd be a lot of fun i really truly do so it's kind of a drag, but, um, you know, just, this is, I think a credit to Serena and, and, um, I wish I would have said this earlier, but like, here's her, uh, it's her top four. That is the only ones that I could find in her PWI top for the female list. So in 2009, she was 40, she drops or she increases 2010 to 30. She increases in 2011 to 16 is gone for 10 years and comes back at number 11 for 2021. Like, Damn. has that's, 
pretty good. I mean, keeps going, you know what I mean? So like, it's a testament for her to just keep running those indies and, you know, and doing this and just building that, you know, dare I say legacy of just this being this badass professional wrestler. And that'll wrap it up for this week's episode, but come back next time for more news, analysis, and of course, our Spotlight of Wrestler of the Week. Big thanks for giving us a listen and a super thanks for subscribing to this podcast so you can have our dulcet tones delivered right to you each week. Feel free to leave us some feedback on your podcast delivery platform of choice. On behalf of Mike and Tom, I am Jim, and we are 